Do you remember your first game at a ballpark? Part of what makes baseball great is the environment, right? The sounds, the smells, the people, dare I say the magic? Baseball is by far the best sport to attend live. Like a high off a drug, as soon as I walk into a stadium, those unique smells hit me, my eyes roll back and close, and I turn into a 10-year-old kid watching my favorite players, my favorite team, or just enjoying the game because I'm there. Most of us have our favorite stadiums, but you also can't beat just going to a game on a whim to your hometown ballpark. Whether it's a major league team, minor league team, or just the local little league or travel ball tournament, going to a ball game is one of the most unique experiences you can have. And there's also something oddly soothing about it. The world seems to fade away as you sink into your seat with your program and your comfort food. Because as the saying goes, and my pun intended, there's no place like home. Welcome to Caught in a Pickle, where we are diving into the tension between tradition and evolution in the game of baseball. I'm Josh Lewis, and if you're at all like me, and you feel like you're constantly getting caught in a rundown between baseball's differing belief systems, just trying to find a safe base, then you're in the right place. So join me and my guests as we explore the weird in-between place that so many of us baseball lovers seem to find ourselves between old school and new. And let's see if we can't find a way to get out of these pickles. On today's episode, we're going to take a little bit of a lighter approach than we have been in previous episodes with today's topic and have some fun. Podcasting extraordinaire Kevin Schmidlin joins the show to share his love of baseball and the experiences that he's had traveling the country on his quest to hit every Major League Baseball park. We get a chance to chat about some of our favorite ballparks, the differences between older ballparks and new ones, traditions, food, and memories. And of course, the always interesting question of what would a baseball lover change in the game if given all the power? All this and more on Cotton a Pickle. So I was born into a baseball family. Uh, my mom's brothers were semi-pro. They played in the Blue Mountain League in Pennsylvania. Nice. Her father coached them. And so, you know, growing up, it was just part of life. Some of my earliest memories are playing baseball in the backyard. Dad teaching me how to swing, going to games super, super early in life. So for the longest time, it wasn't a question of whether or not baseball was a part of life. It just freaking was, right? right? It just was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Likewise, the other side of my family, my cousin, you know, was very into baseball. So it was just, I was just surrounded by it forever. So, you know, to me, it's just childhood. You know, it just reminds me of careless life as a child. Yeah. And so it's one of the few things that has stuck throughout. It's, it's been probably the only constant in my entire life. That's cool. That's, a, that's really cool. And like, correct me if I'm wrong. So you were in Philly, but you said you were a Mets fan. Like how did, so, <laughs> how did that happen again? Not to put you on the spot or get you in trouble or anything, but. <laughs> What's even funnier is I, I am a Mets fan who is from Philly, but lives in Miami. So I now live in Miami, but I grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, which is equidistant from Philly and New York. And so half the town is Philly fans, half the town is New York fans. I wound up moving to Philadelphia for college and then stayed there and became the Philly guy. Right. But the whole time was this like closet Met fan <laughs> secretly, you know, nobody knew I had this public persona as a Philadelphia influencer and nobody knew that I was a Mets fan and I just kept it quiet. I just didn't want to deal with it. That's funny. And so I've come out of my shell as a Mets fan since moving to Miami because everyone in Miami is oddly Mets fans. But yeah, so, I mean, I went to college in 2010, which was like the height of when the Phillies were at their best. Oh yeah. And the Mets were so bad. <laughs> so it was <laughs> total hell. 
walking around, you know, in the bowels of Philadelphia's subway system wearing Mets gear. So I kind of, you know, hit right. it for a long time. <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So you've been to Old Shea Stadium then. Have you been back to City Field as well? Have you done both? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I've been to City Field many times. Okay. Probably more times than Shea at this point. That was kind of bleeding into my next question. Like, are there any stadiums that you've been to that aren't around anymore? So obviously Shea being one, but you're kind of on this, as a baseball lover, as am I, kind of on this quest to see a game in every stadium kind of thing. Yeah. Are there any ones that aren't around anymore that you've been to? I know there's a couple for me. Yeah. But then are you going back to them now with the new ones? Yeah. Or like, how are you playing that? Me and my my childhood buddy are on this quest to it, we used to say to see every baseball stadium, but we're now saying to go to a game in every baseball city just so that we don't sign ourselves up to constantly have to go to the new stadium every time there's a new there one. There you go. I love it. I personally have been to a game in 27 cities. I think for him it's 26, uh, just because I've been to the one here in Miami and he hasn't yet. Okay. So the only other one other than Shea and Veterans Stadium in Philadelphia that I have been sure. to that's no longer around is the ballpark in Arlington. So the Texas Rangers, I think, have the newest stadium. And so that's the latest one. Oh, yeah. Okay. I've never been to Atlanta, so I haven't seen their new one. And I've also not been to Arizona or Tampa. Okay. So those are the three that I haven't seen. I'm trying to think of what else. Okay. So old Yankee Stadium or new Yankee Stadium? I've only been to the new one. Only to the new one. Okay. Yeah. So that was that was actually what started my quest was the last season of the old yeah. Yankee Stadium. A buddy of mine and I were like, we have go. to go to the old Yankee Stadium. Like, we have to go. He was living in Chicago at the time. So we flew up to Chicago and then drove from Chicago to New York. And we got to see Shea. And because yeah. uh, I think that was the same season that Shea was the last one, too. It was. So we saw both of those. But now I'm I'm on the flip side of you. I'm like... I got to go back. Right. Like, <laughs> I want to I want to go see the new one. I want to go see yeah. City Field and, and whatnot. So totally there with you. Okay, so any any old stadiums, I mean, since you've been a fan of baseball for a long time, any any stadiums, like, throughout the history of baseball that you were like, man, I wish I could have gone to that one? Like, were, were there any that kind of tickle your imagination of an old school stadium that you never got to go to? So there was no chance that I was ever going to go to it because it was long gone before I was born. But I would love to have seen the polo grounds <laughs> because. Yes, I'm with you on that one. Yeah. And I know that only from playing like, you know, MLB, the show like 09 or something where they had these old stadiums. Right. And, you know, at first when I was a kid, it always annoyed me that in the baseball games, they had all this old stuff. I'm like, I don't care about that. But then I remember, I don't know, the one I was like, I want to play this weird polo grounds place. And it came up in the video game. And I was like, this is so cool. The center field is so far. This is crazy. So ever since then, I've been like, man, I wish I could have seen what the old polo grounds looked like. Right. That to me, if I could do one thing and go back in time, I would go to a game at the polo grounds. Yeah, that's me too. Like, so I'm a Giants fan. And oh. so it obviously is easy for me to be like, of course, of course, I want to go see the polo grounds. And I I never got to see Candlestick either. Like, candle, like I know they shared that with the Niners and whatnot, yeah. but I never got to see Candlestick either. So I am definitely on the, oh man, those would have been cool to see. Yeah, it's so funny you say that because when before we got on here, I was thinking like, what's the one old stadium that I would have seen? And it, for me, it was between the Polo Grounds and Candlestick. And I totally didn't even realize that both of those are former Giants parks. So like, what I don't know what it is about oh, yeah. the, the Giants, but they just got, they... they're great. I'm a little too on, on Ebbets Field, even though it's the Dodgers and I'm like sworn to not like them. Like there, there's a little bit in me that's like, oh, Ebbets Field would have been cool. But I'm, I'm with you. It's stadiums that I would have had no chance, yep. right? Like would not have been able to go to. 
Okay, so you've been to a lot of different stadiums. What and some old ones, some new ones. Obviously, what what do you feel like is kind of the biggest difference between the old and new parks? Like this this whole podcast is about old school versus new school, right? So what what's one of the kind of biggest differences you've noticed in some of the older ones and some of the newer ones that you've seen? Yeah. So for me, what's just super clear is that the older ones were built so that you can go watch a ball game. Like that's what they're there for. Yeah. Sit yourself down, watch the game. The new ones are so clearly meant to be like an all-encompassing entertainment experience, right? They got all the bells and whistles. Mm, there's crazy yeah. foods. There's, you know, screens. There's other stuff. I mean, you can go to a newer ballpark and spend the whole time doing fun things and not even see the game because they've just got all these extracurricular activities going on, right? So right. that to me is the biggest difference because going to Dodger Stadium and Fenway Park and Wrigley Field, I remember being there and being struck how, like, I, I remember turning to my buddy and we joked about it. We were self-aware about it, but I was like, man, there's nothing to do here except watch the game. <laughs> it's like, of course, no, <laughs> right? duh, that's the whole reason you're there. But right? that was just, it's just so funny to me how those places were not built for comfort. Like the seats are uncomfortable. They're not placed well. Yeah. They're small. It's like you, you, you're there to go, you know, drink a, drink a warm beer, eat a cold hot dog and watch the darn game. Right. <laughs> so right? that's to me is the biggest difference. Yeah, that's how I felt about Fenway. Like I was looking around and my buddy and I were sitting in the outfield and in right field and we're like, there is not a single seat in this place that is actually facing directly right. to the field. Oh yeah. Like it's all you're all you're all right. like it, one yeah, way or the other, like just just to fit everybody. You go to Dodger Stadium and like you can only enter in like the section that you're in. So there's no like walking around to like see the different parts of the stadium. And it's true. It's like, yeah, no, go to your seat. That was one thing that I didn't like about the old Yankee Stadium, which I say is the old Yankee Stadium was like my worst right. experience in terms of which ballpark I went to because we got seats that you couldn't go to like Monument Park and the, like those th sort of things. And so like, and the game I went to was rained out anyway. So it was just a, it was just a bad yeah. experience in the entire way. But I like that. I think I noticed that what you're saying, I noticed that with my kids. So I took my kids to uh, a Diamondbacks game and we didn't really have any rooting interest. They weren't playing in like they weren't playing the Giants or anything. But here in Arizona, we went to a, a Diamondbacks game and like literally we could have if we wanted to. They've got like a whole kids section and whatnot. And so like my kids that I took were seven, eight, nine at the time. And so like. They could have just stayed there. They could care they less. I didn't like, even know there was a baseball was, game going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're like, Dad, can we yeah. stay here? And Or like you'll have, like I know at Chase Field they have, like they'll have monster trucks. Or like I know at, I think it was at Houston just recently in, in the news, they were like, oh, the outfield's all torn up because they just had a right. concert there and had all the like the staging and whatnot. And so then the outfield's all torn up and you're just like, yeah, Ugh. like just, just gives you that weird feeling of this isn't just about baseball right. here. <laughs> Okay, so as you're going through all these ballparks, like any any traditions that you have, like you got to do like this one thing at every ballpark. Like, do you have anything that you kind of that you and your buddy are like, we have to do this at every ballpark that we go to? We did, and we can't really do it anymore. Which is okay. We would always make sure that we left the game with a real ticket stuff. Oh uh, yeah, like the nicest one that we could find. So we did the bulk of our travel because he he just had his third kids right but before he had his kids we were all over the place and so i think it was 20 i want to say 2012 to 2016 or 17 was like where we got in the bulk of of our visits okay and so at that point you know we would just buy tickets online and and you would just you would have to print them yeah now i don't know 
about all tickets. I know the last, the games that, every game that I've been to since COVID has been an e-ticket. And so I haven't even printed a ticket for a ball game in years. Yeah. But what we used to have to do back then was to try to find season ticket holders because they were the ones that had actual ticket stubs. Oh, sure. And theirs were like, occasionally you could get the ones that were printed from Ticketmaster, but those were, they were just generic Ticketmaster tickets. But what we would do is to try to befriend season ticket holders because they always had the really cool, like fancy ones. Some of them were vertical. They had like cool pictures of the players and stuff like that. So that was our mission. And what was cool about that is number one, we were, we had a 100% success rate. So somewhere in my, you know, closet, I've got this scrapbook full of all the ticket stubs of the games that we went to together. Yeah. But the best part about it is it, got us the opportunity to actually talk to local folks, like actual season ticket holders. For sure. And so we have stories where like, you know, in, in Minnesota, we wound up in this like sweet level club up top because, you know, the people that we befriended, they were just like, oh, that's so cool. And the best, what we soon learned was the fastest way we could get that, get their ticket sub is to tell them what we were doing is to say, hey, we're visiting every, yeah. every baseball park. We're trying to collect a ticket. And a lot of them would be like, oh yeah, take this. But what we soon figured out was if we, if we said we were trying to see which park was the best one, then they would start ah. to try to compete and they would be like, right. oh, well, have you been up to the so-and-so club? We're like, no, what's that? And like, oh, come with me. <laughs> and so they would like, we would get these tours. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. It was so cool. So by the end of it, that little tradition of ours wound up being our ticket into really seeing the coolest parts of these parks. That's really cool. That's a lot of fun. Those kind of unique experiences are are a lot of fun and it makes it more fun than just like, oh, I'm just going to go to a ball game at each stadium and call it good. That makes it more fun. Honestly, those are the ones that I remember the most, right? Are the ones that we have those crazy stories. What's your favorite, let's say, game experience? Like I like for me, I have two separate ones. I have a yeah. I have a favorite ballpark, but then I have a favorite like actual experience. Yeah. So what was what was yours? What was your favorite experience that you had? experience. So oddly enough, I don't know if it's just because I had no expectations or low expectations, but one of my favorite game experiences was actually in Cleveland. Okay. It was at the time called Progressive Field. I don't know what it's, if it's still called that. But like I said, we had no expectations. We didn't have low expectations. We just didn't have any expectations. Nobody talks about Cleveland's ballpark. Yeah. <laughs> that's one you know, that's worth writing home about. <laughs> right. uh, but we're like, all right, well, we're here. Let's go. And it just, we had a great dinner within walking distance of the ballpark. We show up. I think there might have been a concert beforehand. But for me, the best part was they had a fireworks show after the game. And it was to this day one of the craziest fireworks shows I've ever seen. And, you know, we've all seen fireworks shows at the end of a ball game. They're usually, they come out from behind center field, right? For sure. But this one at Progressive Field, they had them coming from center field, from behind center field. They also had fireworks being launched from center field and they were constantly being launched from the top of the ballpark as well. <laughs> so it was just this like oh my gosh. 360 <laughs> degree thing. And I think they were celebrating like the Rolling Stones or some, you know, rock and roll band, you know, because the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure. In that park, we also got into like the club, the like box seat club behind home plate. So that I was just like, this is so cool. And like I said, I don't know if it's just the fact that I had I walked in with no expectations, but I was absolutely blown away with Cleveland. And so that's what I tell everyone. I was like, listen, you got to go to a game in Cleveland. It doesn't have a crazy, crazy park, but man, it's a fun time. That's cool. That's really cool. And so then is now I, I will ask, is that your favorite park as well? Or what's your favorite park? Like just the ballpark? Yeah. So. It's a toss up for me between 
what's the Giants Park these days? Because it was <laughs> right. Or, it's Oracle now. now. Okay. They've changed it like five times. Yeah, I think it was. What was it? I don't even know what it was called when I was there. AT and T, maybe. The last time I went to it was AT and T, and it's been Pac yeah. Bell. It's been SBC. I mean, it's just it's ridiculous. Yeah. So to me, it's a toss up between PNC Park in Pittsburgh and what the the park formerly known as AT&T Park in San Francisco and <laughs> right i think like pittsburgh was actually the first one that we went to together so okay. for that reason i was like damn we really <laughs> we started with the one that was like you know and a lot of people said pittsburgh is one of the best ones yeah it really was the view is incredible the atmosphere is insane but the thing about AT&T was really so those two were the coolest parks in my opinion just like cool design cool experience but what was really crazy about AT&T Park, this was like 2012, I think. So I think they might have won it all that year. They went in 2012? Uh, yeah, 2012 was their second one. So yep. they did. They wound up winning it all that year. And so the the ballpark was just electric. Like it was a yeah. middle of the week game against the lowly Padres. And, you know, the whole game, I mean, I mean the, the Giants went up early. I think the final score was like seven to two. And, it, you know, at no point was it close. But the whole time, it felt like a playoff atmosphere. I was like, this is crazy. Yeah. How elect every out sounded like the third out of the World Series. And like I said, like the top of the seventh, they're up by five against, you know, this uh, opponent that they're 20 games up. And I'm like, man, this place is just absolutely electric. So when I think about what my two favorite parks were, I think PNC might have physically been my favorite park. Overall, park plus crowd, I think it actually had to be San Francisco. I still maintain. So I haven't been to PNC yet. I'm like... You, everybody says it's like top three to, to kind yeah. of go to. And, but I'm, I'm still like, not because I'm a Giants fan, like, like legit. Oh, for sure. Like the Giants stadium is just so cool and so yeah. beautiful. And like the time that I've gotten to go, it is, it was, I mean, that was during their, what you're talking about. I mean, that was during their run of like selling out like every yep. single game. And it was just loud and crazy. And I like, I have not been in, that type of environment for like a regular season game. Like it was just, yeah, it was a lot of fun. And so I'm, I'm with you. That's probably my favorite, favorite ballpark that I've been to. Like my favorite experience was Wrigley just because we sat in the bleachers and I was with a buddy who was from Chicago. And so it was just, I was joking with people like you, you sit in the bleachers in Wrigley. That's an experience yeah. unto itself. Like that's just, it's one of those things where it's like you would get two cheers for every play. You would get the cheer from like the people like my buddy and I who were just enjoying the game and we love the game and something happens and we cheer. And then you get like three second delay and then all the drunk people yeah. in the bleachers are <laughs> screaming for the same for the same play. Yeah, that it's just true. happened. That reminds me of the experience thing. It would actually be a tie between Cleveland and Yankees Red Sox at Fenway. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. That was, I mean, and you know exactly why. <laughs> like, it was a day game. Oh, yeah. Everyone was just going at it the whole time. It was great. So, yeah. That's awesome. The classic rivalry games in the classic parks, hard to beat. Sticking within the ballparks, favorite ballpark food. What was your favorite ballpark food that you encountered? So, like, all... I'll give a little caveat to that's one of my things that I do at every ballpark. I get a hot dog at every single ballpark because I have like the competition in me of like, okay, who's power rankings, right? Who's got the yeah. the best ballpark Frank, whatever. And so you got like Fenway Franks or Dodger dogs or whatever. Like, so that's my thing is I always get a hot dog. Not my favorite ballpark food though. So like, what's yours? Yeah. So mine's totally, it's actually not from an MLB park. <laughs> okay, nice. It's from the Phillies AAA affiliate. The Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs. Okay. So this park 
is 20 minutes from where I grew up in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. And like I would go to the games specifically to get the pork parfait. <laughs> so it was like that sounds oh amazing gosh. and awful at the same time. Exactly. Like what is that made out of? Like you look at it and you're like, "What?" but it is so good. It's pulled pork, mac and cheese, like a la- it's like layers, right? So pulled pork, mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah, yeah. There's a layer like of mashed potatoes. It's just it's ridiculous. It's probably like 5000 calories. It is unreal. <laughs> so like honestly, when when I thought of earlier, I was like, what is my favorite ballpark food? I couldn't stop thinking about the pork parfait, but I'm like, that doesn't count. That's AAA. What's, yes. <laughs> what's your favorite? Oh, no, it totally yeah. counts. I love it. It's a ballpark that you've been to. It works. Yeah. So shout out to the Iron Pigs because I've had a lot of food at a lot of different ballparks and that one still reigns supreme. That's awesome. It's kind of weird how like there's like these little quirks of minor league stadiums. That it's like, oh, this one's got the best X, Y, Z, like whatever. Yeah, I think it has to do with kind of like what we were talking about before. I think the minor league teams, they have even more pressure to make an entertaining experience, right? Because, you know, I mean, AAA, yeah. it's awesome that AAA, you can see a AAA team, but they, they don't have the level of talent that major leaguers have or the, you know, the gravitas. So like the, you know, the minor league teams really got to keep you interested, keep you entertained. They got all these crazy dances and names and foods and stuff. So like, honestly, like, <laughs> right. you know, if you have, some, in my opinion, if you have someone that's not really a baseball fan, take them to a minor league game first, they'll have a blast and warm them up to the major leagues. <laughs> this will be hard, I think, for for anyone to answer. Favorite team, other than your own yeah. that you've seen. So so no no mess. Yeah. What what was your favorite team that you got to see? So favorite team that I got to see. That's a good question. Well, what comes to mind is the Cardinals. Especially okay. because I saw a lot of oh, was Pujols on the Cardinals when I was going around? I'm not sure. I feel like I've seen the Cardinals a million times. And I just always, always loved watching Pujols play. I can't remember off the top of my head if I saw Pujols as a when I was doing these tours. Yeah, I just saw him a couple of weeks ago for his last appearance in Arizona. That's awesome uh, for the Diamondbacks. I went just as you should like that just is because like, it was him. Yep, like he's just yeah. amazing, and so I wanted I wanted to see him one last time. Yeah, and I can't remember when he switched to Los Angeles, but I just when he came up to bat, like it just. He was so good. He just felt doomed. You know what I mean? Like if you were the opposing team. And so the game's like, (laughs) right? we, so my buddy that I grew up with, he's a Yankees fan. I'm a Mets fan. We quickly made it a point not to see games with the Yankees or Mets when we went to other stadiums because we found like the first couple we did and we were just too worried about the game (laughs) and then actually experiencing the stadium. (laughs) And so, like I said, every time we saw the Cardinals, because it was just totally random which teams we would see. Every time we saw the Cardinals, they would just play good ball, man. They just played fundamentally sound yeah. ball. And it's like, it's annoying how consistent they are. <laughs> but <laughs> right? but <laughs> you're just like, man, they just got their stuff together here. So I, like, as someone who grew up loving the game and loving, you know, when the game is played well, always enjoyed that. And then the other one was just, I loved seeing Trout on the, like, going to see the, uh, the Angels. That was actually my third favorite stadium was yep. the Angels Stadium. Those are the couple. That, That's the one yeah, I grew up it, at. It's great. And that was another one. Because, like, you know, the PNC Park one and San Francisco are classic. But I was like, man, you really have a good time at the in Anaheim. Like, it's a yeah. beautiful stadium. They got the For water, sure. everything like that. So, yeah, seeing Trout play in at Angels Park, I'm kind of answering a different question. I'm, I'm answering players. So, anyway, yeah, those those are the ones that come to mind. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and well, that answer that answered my other question in, in Pujols and Trout of like, who are some of your favorite players that you've seen? I, I remember being able to see, so he was playing with the White Sox at the time. So he had to be 
be getting pretty close to done. I can't remember if he played with the Reds after the White Sox or before, but Ken Griffey Jr. was like, obviously I grew up watching him a lot because I was at Angel Stadium and when he played with the Mariners and whatnot. Yeah. But in terms of like the actual, like going to all the ballparks and whatnot, he was he was one that we saw when we when we went to the Chicago White Sox and was one of my favorite players because it was like, oh, this is like one of my heroes. Like, this is who I emulated batting yep. from the left side and and stuff like that. Like, it was cool to cool to be right behind him in the outfield and and watch that. I think I think I'm with you. Mike Trout, Albert Pujols are good ones. Yeah. Do you know who I thought you were going to say? Because this is someone who came to mind to me, Adam Dunn. So holy yeah. crap, I have never seen somebody hit a baseball as far in person. As far as I've seen Adam Dunn, <laughs> yes. of course, I would love to see Otani play some at some point, but whole or judge. I've never seen judge hit a home run, but my gosh, did right. Adam Dunn hit the ball to kingdom come? <laughs> well, I would like to see, I mean, exit velocity right. is like a big new stat, right? Like, it's like, I would love to see what his exit velocity were on some of the ones that he hit. If I remember correctly, he was one of the funniest nicknames. What was his nickname? Like the big donkey or something like that? Yes. Yeah, that's right. Something crazy. Yeah, something ridiculous. Was that him? Yeah, okay. Yeah, it was just so, it's totally random. I remember him uh, more with the Reds, I think, than the White Sox. Yeah. But like, yeah, Same. it's he was a good one. He, he was one of those guys that just, you just enjoy watching. Like, he's not going to be a Hall right. of Famer or anything like that. It's just it's somebody you enjoyed watching. Struck out a lot. Yeah, like... But when he got a hold of one, oh whew. my gosh, so much fun. My my other one would be uh, if I had to have a homer pick for the Giants, it would have been JT Snow was oh, another yeah. big one of mine that played first base for them. And again, not a Hall of Famer, just kind of somebody that you love and like to see. And but man, I I'm with you on Pujols, man. He's just fun to watch. Like his his swing is so quiet. Yeah. Like there's like no like wasted movement. He's just really fun to watch. Trout's the yeah. same way, but like just. Really, really fun to watch. And I'm because my Giants are so far out of it this season, there is definitely a big part of me that's that's pulling for the Cardinals, especially since they have the they seem to always beat the Dodgers. So yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I'm 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 good with the Cardinals. We'll we'll go with them and send them off on a good note. But all right, cool. So last question, and this is kind of uh not pertaining only to ballparks. So you can kind of spread your wings a little bit on this is, but I'm asking every single guest I have, because this is again, caught in a pickle. We're talking about old school versus new school and kind of some of the changes, tradition, evolution, and all that. Like Kevin is commissioner for a day. You, you get to be commissioner of baseball for a day. You have carte blanche to do whatever you want to the game. What do you do? What do you change? If anything? Yeah. I lower the mound. Ah, okay. So I'm sure that they've considered this and that logistically they there's a reason why they haven't done this. But I just remember, I think it was 2021 when just there's no hitting. Like I remember watching the game with my dad in 2021. It was like May or July or June or something. And I was like, man, this game is like it's ruined. Like it's just all strikeouts, walks, and that's it. Yeah. And I remember last year, they called last year the year the pitcher because just ERA were low, strikeouts were high. I think there might have even been a few, like, no hitters. Yep. And they kept comparing it to the uh, the previous year of the hitter, or year of the pitcher, which was, I forget which year in the 60s. Yep. Uh, 68. 68, yeah. Like, Bob Gibson, like, had, like, you know, a negative ERA. Yep. It was ridiculous. Um, obviously, <laughs> right. that's not possible, yeah. but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always were like, yo, and that's the year that they lowered the mound, and then everything went back to normal. And, and so I was like, right. so then why, like, I'm sure, like I said, I'm sure the reason is logistical. It's probably a pain in the neck. It changes everything. 
But if I was given the keys, carte blanche, and what I say goes, to me, that's the best of both worlds. Because to me, that is what yeah. levels the playing field so such that hitters can actually hit and you know, they can go to the opposite field and, and you know strikeout rates aren't so high without having to change all mm-hmm. these rules like the pitch timer, no shift, like all these things. Mm-hmm. Like I get it. I'm for them for the sake of the game. But, you know, I for would sure. I would would I rather defense be able to put their players wherever they feel is best? Yes, I would rather that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, yeah. as it stands now, it's just no fun to watch the game with the three true outcomes. So yeah. that's that's what I do. I lower the lower the mound, make it eat or move it back or something. Just one fell swoop yeah. way to level the playing field without having to change all the rules so much. Right. Yeah. I like that a lot. So that's that's one that I'm going to that we're going to chat about. We're going to do an episode on like field yeah. dimensions and stuff like that and and different aspects of the field itself. And that's one of them that I want to talk about. Like it's not one that's considered very often like you're probably the only one i've heard say like if you could change anything like that would be it but i like it a lot i like kind of that that aspect so that actually reminds me okay going back to the favorites a little sure. bit and backpedaling a little bit but in all the ballparks that you've seen what's your favorite kind of ballpark quirk like about the ballpark like we talked earlier about how Fenway seats, there's not one facing the field. Like what, yeah. or one I was talking with in the Caught in a Pickle Facebook group, we were talking about that awful hill that was at uh, the Astros stadium and out in right. like center field. And I'm just like, as a former center fielder, I'm like, that would be awful. So like any any quirks, like like what's your favorite kind of quirk for, for ballparks that you found? Yeah, so, I mean, this could be a bit of a cop-out. I just love, I feel like baseball is the only sport that doesn't have regulated field sizes, right? Like where every single outfield mm-hmm. is a different yeah. shape. Like what other sport, is that the case where the, yeah. the home team just to, gets to decide the playing field size, right? It's like crazy. <laughs> right? So for me, like that's honestly, like I said, total cop out. But my favorite thing is that every ballpark has a quirk and, and is allowed to have a quirk. Yeah. I think of the overhang in San Diego, the like supply company that's just hanging over fair yeah. territory. You know, I think of just all the different weird things and just appreciate so much that that's even the case that you can even ask that question. Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, total cop out. Like, I just love that. Not the other all. one, actually, if, if you do want a concrete one, this one is way more boring. But to me, it's just so <laughs> satisfying is I think it, I think it's Detroit. The shape of the dirt around home plate is in the shape of home plate. Yes. Yeah. Nice little touch. I love it. That is my favorite ballpark quirk. It's subtle, but it's just it looks cool. It does look cool. I love when the production guys are on it in like when you're watching the game on TV and they'll do like the overlay thing, right? Where they'll have be like, okay, yeah, they're at home park. It would have been a home run, yeah. but like here because you're like overlaying it and it's got this weird, obviously that happens all the time with the Giants and like their triples alley out in right, right center field. And like you'll overlay it with like another field and be like, oh, this would have been a home run anywhere but San Francisco. Yeah. And uh, just weird things like that. I love how there's a handful of parks like in Philly and, uh, you know, the Yankee Stadium and formerly Camden Yards were like home run parks or Great American Ballpark where it's like, hey, this is a small park. It's basically a wiffle ball field. We're going to have a lot of home runs in this game. And it's a nice, you know, it's a nice uh, change up from the bigger parks where it's like, hey, we're in Triples Alley. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're down here in Miami. It's this huge, massive outfield. And I like how that just adds little subtle changes to the game. Like, can you imagine if football, if like, we're like, hey, we're playing in Minnesota today where it's 120 (laughs) yards for a touchdown. Like, that's just not, that's just not the case anywhere else. Yeah. So last question, obviously you did the, like, if you would change anything, lower the mound kind of thing. 
if you had to, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier in terms of starting with the minor league teams, but like, if you had to sell somebody on baseball, like what's your one thing, like what's your kind of go-to, like, this is why you should love baseball. Hmm. Yeah. I don't think if I wanted them to love baseball, I probably wouldn't take them to a minor league game just because they probably wouldn't pay too much attention to the game. <laughs> if I wanted somebody to love baseball, I would have them catch a playoff game. Yeah. Or, or even a game in the heat of a pennant race where the stakes are so, so, so high. Yeah. Because there's just no, there's just nothing like the playoffs where every pitch counts. And, yeah. you know, like, like I said, the stake, especially because baseball has 162 games and there's just games every single day. Like, if you think about it, like each individual game comparatively to other sports means far less, like, because there's so many in a season. Definitely. So, you know, it's the time of year where the stakes are so much higher than any other point. And I don't know. I just feel like I was literally having this thought the other day. I just feel like there's more action in playoff games. Like there's more. I don't know if it's just me or there if it, there's more hits. Like there's no, just. No, I, I think that's accurate. More that happens. So. Yes. That's, you know, if I had to sell someone, I'm, you know, we're watching game seven of the NLCS or something like that, which will just really get yeah. them hooked. And have them appreciate, you know, maybe those like, you know, really cold April games that don't really matter and it's raining and, and it hurts to be there. Like, <laughs> right. <laughs> first, first we'll go to the playoffs. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Have you been yet? I mean, it's still kind of young. Have you been yet to any of the World Baseball Classic games? No, but they just announced that the championship's going to be in Miami for the next one. So they're going to be yes. there with you. You got to yep. go, man. Like if I had to sell something like so uh, same buddy of mine and I, we were both in Arizona at the time for school and we were just sitting around on a Saturday and we're like, the WBC is at like is in Anaheim. Like, let's just go. Like, it's a five hour drive. Let's go. Yeah. And so we did. We just picked up and we went and the World Baseball Classic, we uh, went to I I want to say it was Japan and U.S. And it was bonkers. Like, it was so crazy. Like, playoff game type of atmosphere. So, yeah, if you get a chance to do it now that they're in Miami this year with you, if you get a chance to do it. Yeah. Awesome. Consider it done. Highly recommend. It's so fun. It's so good. It's like the Olympics for baseball. And I I love the Olympics. So, I'm there. And it's it's a lot of fun. I mean, I'm there. So. Cool. Awesome. Well, man, Kevin, I appreciate it. Thanks for... Uh, being my guest and jumping in. Thank you so much, Josh. Appreciate having me. All right. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Kevin. Appreciate you. Well, that does it for today's episode. Thanks to Kevin for joining us with his experiences and insights. Now, what about you? What are some of your favorite ballpark experiences? Do you prefer the older stadiums or the newer ones? What is your favorite ballpark food? Join the Private Cotton and Pickle Facebook group. Share your stories. You can find that link in the show description. I also wanted to just share another group real quick. On Facebook, I have been a part of a group called Ballpark Chasers. It is an incredible group. There are thousands of people there that all have different versions of their own ballpark journeys. Everyone there has been so kind, so helpful. So if you're planning a trip to a new ballpark, I highly recommend jumping into that group as well. Thank you so much for joining me on Caught in a Pickle. Have a great week. Enjoy the beautiful game of baseball this week, no matter which side of the fence you land on. Yeah.